Hello and welcome to Wi-Fi Optional, the weekly tech show where we talk tech so you don't have to. This is episode 24, recorded uh, May 9th, Monday, May 9th, 2016. And my name is Rukshan Wajaratna, and as always, wearing official Wi-Fi Optional gear with me is Mr. Jason Watercott over the internet. Hi, Jason. Yes, Hester, how are you? We finally got together on the uh, outfit coordination. We did, yes, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm thinking pretty soon we should uh, we should have some of these uh, t-shirts and, and paraphernalia available uh, on our on our website. We'll see what we can do. It'll be fun. Yeah. So um, lots of uh, lots of little interesting interesting news, and then one big, uh, actually really cool article for uh, for our deep dive. Um, Anything, anything else that caught your eye this week, Jason? That you know of? Oh, how's your 3D printer? No, I. Uh, it's, <laughs> um, it, uh, it is not uh, functioning quite well right now. I think it's a, a power issue. Um, when it comes from China, and you have a selection of uh, 220 or 110 volts, uh, this weird-looking uh, power supply, um, things tend to uh, go a little wanky sometimes, and uh, I am going to be putting a multimeter on it after the show so i'll oh, see what nice. happens yeah, just, this, this guy's this guy's still uh still doing pretty pretty good he's still kicking yeah i gotta i get the i gotta get the black uh, his black uh partner printed out for you next so we'll see what happens right. well we're two minutes uh two minutes into the show let's uh let's get things rolling A virtual reality company, NextVR, is teaming up with global entertainment producer Live Nation to bring hundreds of live musical performances to people around the world. Uh, viewers will be able to take in gigs from the front row, on stage, and even backstage with added bonus of optimized 3D audio. Uh, the schedule has been announced, hasn't been announced just yet, but NextVR is set to lustre this summer. Uh, quoted as saying, all Live Nation events are possible candidates and there will be some very big names included, end quote. Uh, a NextVR spokeswoman told CNET, we are planning the slate now. NextVR has already immersed users in NASCAR races, various sporting events, and political debates through the, its VR app. Uh, so as live events... Um, so as live events go, major concerts seem an obvious next step. Uh, the app is currently available in Samsung's Gear VR headset, but is set to come out to other devices soon. The company is said. Um, so we were kind of talking about this for the show. It's, it's um, you know the, the the sports where there's cameras everywhere, and especially like NASCAR with with tiny cameras in every car, and you know the little golfer cameras in the in the raceway and stuff. Kind of makes sense, but you know concerts have always kind of been. Um, something else that kind of made sense and and but having good audio like i said the 3d audio i think is really going to sell it because you know, video is only as good as the audio nine times out of ten so um it, it'd be interesting to see how this turns out yeah and then uh you know like like you mentioned there's already a plethora of cameras when it comes to nascar there's you know footage that they can capture from from pretty much every angle in a car so why not take all that that date that data and then you know sum it up to one stream and then feed it over a, a 360 uh the 360 degree data feed so you can uh, watch it through a, a VR headset. Now the the other part of that is it's just amazing how quickly virtual reality just took off. I mean it, it's it's almost like it it ramped up, it ramped up, it ramped up and then all of a sudden 
somebody pulled the gates the, and the floodgates opened and then now all these uh, avenues are, are starting to, to take off and there's a, a multitude of commercial applications so it's, it's going to be pretty interesting to find out where where these things are going to going to step into next and you know i can see the real estate market um you know taking off saying hey you're, you're buying a house here drop this headset on or yeah wear this headset and now you can actually have a, a virtual tour of the house or whatever the case may be so there's there's a multitude of, of applications and uh moving on windows 10's free upgrade deadline looms windows 10 was launched on july 29th last year and it's precisely 12 weeks uh Till its one-year anniversary, Microsoft made no secret of the fact that you could upgrade for free from any qualifying previous version of Windows, including Windows 7, 8, and 8.1, um, but also that you could uh, only get it for free for a year. However, after 29th of July this year, uh, just 12 weeks away from today, you'll no longer be able to get the new OS for free, and you'll have to pay a large sum to get it even if you own a genuine version of Windows 7 or 8.1. The second part of the story is there's an article on How to Geek that, uh, that, that describes how you can still possibly get it for free. There's a little prep work. Um, the, the TLDR version is if you, if you have own an operating system that's eligible for Windows 10 upgrade, uh, you basically get your device ready for an upgrade, but you don't launch the upgrade. Once you get it ready... It uh, sends an authentication handshake between your machine and and the Microsoft server saying, yes, this machine is good. So even after the 29th, as long as you have that authentication handshake, you can still um, upgrade to Windows 10. I have uh, two machines that are running Windows 10. I've, uh, the others are all running Windows 7 so far. I'm happy with it. Um, you know, Much better than what Windows 8 used to be. Um, they kind of brought the start menu back and and I think overall, um, the, the perception of Windows 10 versus Windows 8 is a lot of people like it. And I, I think the, the free upgrade is, is also catching a lot of people's eye. Yeah, and, and like you said, I, I believe it's a it's a great and, and there's no reason not to do it. Um, and, but I think it makes sense for Microsoft to do this because... Um, you know, eventually the, the free updates for lifetime kind of thing, you, you need to kind of draw a line somewhere and, and, you know, all new machines at some point in time are going to have to start paying a license to get this. You're not just going to add it up for free. You know, from that point in time, you should be able to have a new license or a new upgrade, uh, uh for free after that. But, um, it's kind of interesting. I think, I think that comes almost exactly one year. Um, since it was released, I think it was released on the end of July officially. I know I was a, I was a Microsoft insider, so I had it from like Christmas time, the, well, almost two years ago now. Um, but, uh, it, 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 it makes sense, even though I know a lot of people are kind of up in arms about this, but if you haven't been able to do it in a year, well, that's, I guess that's your problem. <laughs> yeah, plus, the other thing is, it's, it's going to be a lot more secure, and I think that's one of the biggest things with Microsoft. It's the, the operating system. Uh, landscape is so fragmented and you know there's 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 still tons of machines that are running windows xp and and there's there's a lot of atms that are still running windows xp for their for their backbone and then for me from a security standpoint there's so many vulnerabilities that are there so if you if you still are on any of those operating systems that you can upgrade go ahead and upgrade exactly um 
Third story up the bat here is uh, UPS experimenting with drone delivery with a partnership with Zipline. Um, it's likely to be a while before Amazon can drop a pair of socks off at your front door using a drone, but that's not stopping other companies from embracing drone delivery in other ways. Uh, Zipline is setting up a network of autonomous drones in Rwanda to deliver blood, vaccines, and multiple medical supplies to remote areas of the country. Uh, the startup is said to be delivering packages to countries, uh, to the country's 12 million citizens in 30 minutes once it begins rolling out its network in July. Uh, now shipping and logistics giant UPS wants to get involved on Monday. Uh, the foundation arm of UPS announced it's teaming up with Zipline and the Gavi Alliance, a public-private partnership uh, group focused on immunizations in poor countries. Uh, the organization said UPS will bring its expertise in logistics to help Zipline deliver uh, temperature-sensitive vaccines and blood to remote areas. UPS is also uh, be using the opportunity to closely observe how Zipline approaches drone delivery. Uh, unlike other popular quadcopter drones, uh, which rely on four propellers, Zipline drones are fixed wing, meaning they glide on two wings. The drones fly autonomously and follow the set path using GPS to track their position. They're launched with a car-sized slingshot uh, contraption from the ground. The Zipline drones make deliveries by dropping cargo with parachutes attached. Each drone can carry up to 3.3 pounds. The company plans to make uh, up to 150 deliveries per day in Rwanda. Uh, communities will be able to request deliveries through their phones uh, with either the app or a simple text message. Um, really cool. Um, I like what they're doing here um, and the fact they're bringing UPS in because we, we both know one of the probably the harder things to do is, is frozen or, or temperature sensitive things. You really have to pack them um, with uh, a special um, insulation, you know, a really dense foam, and then they usually put dry ice in there with them as well. So having their expertise on that. And then um, I really like what Zipline is doing here using, um, I don't want to say safer, but um, I guess in people's minds, I guess societally-wise, it seems safer not having, you know, four blades whipping around. Instead, you just kind of have a single delta wing aircraft flying. Um, it really makes sense. And I know that these, these type of planes, I've seen a few people, um, videos that I've come across on YouTube and things where people are getting into these single delta wings um, for FPV fight and flight and stuff. So it uh, it kind of makes sense for them to to go about this. And uh, what better way to do this than to to administer you know vaccines and and uh, and things like this that are time sensitive. So very cool. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll put the the link up on our on the show notes and uh, the catapult they're using. I, I want to say it looks eerily sim- similar to the catapult that the military used uh, back in the day to launch uh, their their drones. Their drones, yep. Right. Um, and the other thing, the, the it's kind of a uh, an interesting part that I caught from this is they're they're using this drone based delivery system to deliver uh, these perishable items, you know, the blood and the vaccines and whatnot. At the same time, um, the, the the people that need these deliveries can actually request them through an app or a simple text message, it says. And I just came back from a, a visit to um, a, a country out in Asia, and then I saw this too. I mean, there's if, if, if there's one thing that's absolutely developed and just state-of-the-art is their technology uh, when it comes to communication. We were out in the middle of the jungle, and then I was, I was able to get 4G... Uh, data and I'm, I'm downloading it about a, at about a 20 meg uh, sp- uh, speed. So it was just amazing to me that you know here in the U.S. I can't go down my basement and I can't I can barely get any service. Uh, you go to a third world country, you can 
you know you have all the technology in the world and it's 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 amazing that they're going to use that uh with these capabilities to to try and get all this stuff delivered so um it's it's certainly going to be an interesting thing to follow and then hopefully you know like you said UPS being involved them being a huge shipping giant will will you know open up the the floodgates so to speak and say hey you know there's there's a lot of opportunity here to bring it to other parts of the world and I, I think that you know this is the first step they have to take is is this this immediate stuff, but I think it's going to how drones are going to be used. I don't think they're going to be delivering everything you know in the world. There could be a million drones flying over like satellites are, but right. um, I think for these time sensitive things like this, I think it completely makes sense for to use drone delivery. So, um, I, like I said, I think it's kind of a foreshadowing on how we're going to use drones in the future a little bit as well. Right. Absolutely. Uh, next story. Uh, the next Moto X could have a module could have modular add-ons just like the LG's G5. Lenovo's next Moto phone have surfaced uh, via leaked images over the past few days, and VentureBeat, a publication, has published an interesting report hinting at some big plans, modular ones, for the upcoming devices. It seems that Lenovo will follow LG's lead in building and add-ons. Uh, the owners of the latest phones will be able to buy to add new functionality to the core handsets. Unlike the LG G5, where the friend modules, as they're called, slide into the bottom of the phone, the next flagship motor devices will have modular backplates. Uh, once applied, the huge camera bump that stands out in photos will actually be flush with the various backplates, according to the VentureBeat. The patch of small circles on the back of each phone phones are magnetic pins and serve as connection between Moto X and Amps, the Lenovo equivalent of LG Friends. Um, there are currently six amps in the works. The report claims ranging from zero speakers to an extended battery pack, camera grip with flash, an optical zoom, and even a Pico projector. It's already a far wide selection than what LG is currently offering. In the U.S., you've really got one extra friend to pick from, the camera grip. Um, LG's Hi-Fi digital audio converter DAC add-on is sold in internationally but remains unavailable in the U.S., um, and incompatible with the G5 sold here. Droid Life claims that Lenovo will announce these devices in early June at the company's Tech World 16 event. Um, two things that, that first came to mind. First of all, um, if, if this article sounds confusing, Lenovo did buy the Motorola arm uh, from Google, so they are now the official producer of, of, of handsets. And um, I remember looking at the, or, or actually both of us, you and I, Jason, we looked at the Google Air project, and that's where this all started with the with the modular uh, phones. And it's been what four years, and then finally now somebody's starting to to come up uh, with the with the uh, the different modules. And the the part that's slightly disappointing is LG's Hi-Fi digital audio converter is not sold in the U.S. and the phone is is not compatible. So I'm sure there's bureaucratic red tape that's stopping you know somebody from some some you know audio conglomerate saying nope can't sell it because you know we have rights here in the U.S. Yeah, those the, there's two things I thought at first is the same thing you brought up. You know, we talked about the the modular Motorola components back when they were a Google company um, many, many, many years ago. And and when I first saw the LG G5 uh, um, ads come out, I'm like, wow, I can't believe they got beat to the game when they were the first ones to really kind of bring uh, an idea to market. Uh, and then my second thought was, you know, who are they going to have pitch this? Because, um, you know, uh, we had. Uh, Jason Statham for the uh, LG project, and then you had uh, Iron Man for uh, um, 
I was going to a Taiwanese company. I can't think of them right now. <laughs> Help me out, Rock. Huawei? No. Um, oh, my goodness. They're almost dead now, but I can't even think of the name. I was completely blank. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, who are they going to have pitch this thing now? But, uh, but no, the, the biggest thing is, like you said, uh, it's, it's really interesting that they're finally coming out this now underneath Lenovo and, and how they, uh, uh, you know, some of the more interesting things they have with the, uh, the projector and things like that, where I believe, um, mostly the, <clears throat> excuse me, the LG one is, is mostly just battery and camera editions at this point in time. So should be interesting where this kind of goes, um, in more of, you know, less of cool add-ons and more of, uh, like what the, what the original, uh, plan with the Motorola phones were, were, physically update um, individual parts of the phone and, you know, have one base phone for many, many years, but upgrade the processor, upgrade the camera, things like that. Yeah, and it sounds like they, they haven't really gotten to the the actual core. Computer. HTC. Wow. I just oh, remembered God, it. Sorry. HTC, okay. <laughs> um, doesn't sound like they've gotten to the core components like the uh, um, the processor and the, and the memory just yet, but... Um, you know, this this is a starting point where they can go. Hey, you know, we can change these these out, and then you know, there's a real live test. People are actually using it in the market. What's going to fail? How do people abuse it? Where do we need to to or what do we need to improve? And and, and it, you know, how long do these things last? And then, you know, hopefully they'll come up with a with a version two or version three or or whatever it is that can actually have a completely modular modular setup. So hopefully, we will see. Um, and our last story um, is a uh, continuation from last week talking about Bitcoin. Um, last Monday, the BBC gave an exclusive coverage of Craig Wright's claims that he was Satoshi Nakamura, uh, who is the creator of Bitcoin. Uh, the following day, uh, as many cryptog- uh, the crypt- cryptographic community, cannot speak today, uh, tore into his claim. He promised further extraordinary proof. Uh, but in the last 24 hours, uh, his first initiated an experiment designed to show uh, that he does possess Satoshi's cryptographic say the word cryptographic keys. Uh, then uh, done an about turn with the blog, saying he does not have the courage, quote unquote, to carry through with this. Uh, basically, what happened was on Monday evening, uh, it was suggested that Wright uh, suggested to Wright's PR firm that he could send one fraction of a Bitcoin from the original blockchain, which would of course uh, be returned to him. That uh, might show that he was actually Satoshi by uh, showing it was Satoshi's keys. But Wright's team came up with a different plan on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, they always stress the endorsement uh, was made by John, uh, I believe it's Matness, and Gavin Anderson uh, from the Bitcoin Foundation that were found compelling, but they now and I have been involved uh, in a failed experiment, which is bound to raise fresh doubts. Uh, they said they sent a uh, draft blog in which outlined the scheme uh, that would see uh, that would be seen by Mattness, uh, Anderson, and the BBC, and all send small amounts of bitcoins to the address. Uh, used in the first ever transaction. Then he would send it back on what would be the first ongoing transaction from the block since January of 2009. Uh, they went ahead with the payments, um, sent, uh, I believe it was uh, like 1700s, yes, 1700s of Bitcoin, about five pounds, uh, which you can see on the, uh, which we shown on the online records. Mattness and Anderson sent uh, similar amounts. They then waited and waited and waited. Uh, the phone rang. 
the news the whole operation was on hold, quote-unquote, from the PR team with no reasons given. 18 hours later, they're still waiting for payments to be made, and now Wright and his uh, new blog says that is not going to happen. Uh, they have relied throughout on the expertise of Matt Ness and Anderson. As of this moment, neither has withdrawn their original statements of support of Wright's case. So basically, what uh, to, to sum it up is they, um, they said, hey, if we transfer... Um, Bitcoin from the original blockchain, then we can say it's you. And this is kind of what I hinted at last week. Um, people were saying that there was ways that he could have faked um, a lot of the keys and things like that. He could have reverse engineered things um, to kind of make it seem like it was him. But the only real way um, to prove it was him is to make a transaction with the with the very, very first Bitcoins that were ever, quote unquote, mined um, from the blockchain. So um I don't know if this is the nail in the coffin, but it definitely doesn't look good for uh, for us finding out anytime soon uh, who uh, who Satoshi actually is. Yeah, you're right, and and the other part is, you know, why 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 would he do that if that's the case? So uh, a lot of things that really don't make much sense. Maybe this was uh, actually just a PR stunt, um, but uh, this article came from the BBC, and from the sounds of it, the uh, the editor of the article he, he's gonna he's gonna keep. Uh, uh, bugging them, pestering them, trying to figure out what's actually going on. You know, whether he is 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 he going to go through? Is he not? Uh, but we will find out. And if for some reason there is an update, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be able to throw that in our in our show. Hopefully next week we'll know what what, uh, what actually happens. Moving on to our deep dive. This is actually a really cool article. Um, the creators of Siri just showed off their next AI assistant. Um, I don't know why they named it, but it's called it's named Viv. Um, Dad Kitloss and Adam Shainer uh, created the artificial intelligence behind Siri, Apple's iconic digital assistant, showed off the newest creation, Viv, a next-generation AI assistant um, that they have been developing in stealth mode for the last four years. The goal was to create a better version of Siri, one that connected to a multitude of services instead of routinely shuffling queries to a basic web search. During a 20-minute demo on stage at Disrupt uh, NYC, Disrupt New York City, Viv flawlessly handled a dozen complex requests, not just in terms of comprehension, but by connecting with third-party merchants to purchase goods and book reservations. The four major differences between Siri and Viv is that the latter is a far more open platform, um, and emphasis on far more. It's not completely open source. One of the biggest frustrations with Siri is that it only has a small number of tasks it can complete for the vast multitude of requests or queries. Siri will default to a generic web search. Viv's approach is much closer to Amazon's um, Alexa or Facebook's Messenger bots, offering the ability to connect with third-party merchants and vendors so it can execute on requests to purchase goods or book reservations. The company's tagline intelligence becomes a utility Nicely sums up its goal of uh, powering the, convers uh, the conversational AI inside a multitude of gadgets and digital services. Um, it's it's kind of a contrast going from um, what Tay was, where they just launched out this the AI assistant that that is self learning uh, completely uh, based on what uh, people interact or how people interacted with it to something like Viv where there's a framework, there's a structure, but at the same time has the intuition uh, to learn. And I think, Jason, you watched the video too. Um, some of the questions that they asked uh, Viv was, uh, was it raining in Seattle three Thursdays ago or 
Will it be warmer than 70 degrees near the Golden Gate Bridge after 5 p.m. the day after tomorrow? And Viv was able to actually parse that information out and actually uh, uh, understand, not just not just look for certain keywords, actually uh, do a, a, a voice-to-text conversion and then actually understand what you said and then come up with uh, with an answer. Yeah, and that's what we talked about before the show is that uh, that's kind of what sets her apart is most of the bots. Well, I mean, Alexa and, and like they said, you know, Alexa and the, the Facebook bots, but those are all kind of separately written, but um, are all um, – most bots are just uh, a – try almost like a customer service <laughs> uh, individual in between the information and you. And um, what Viv kind of do, does differently, like you said, is she, she learns and she actually breaks down the information and figures out where it should go instead of just, you know, defaulting to – um, sending a, a message randomly to the, to a Google search and whatever comes back as the, t- the top hit, you know, it could be an ad, who knows, um, is, is what she spits back to you. Um, so it, it's just, um, I think this is the, the, the next evolution in bots is, is kind of what we've seen, like you said, with Tay and, and, um, with the other AI out there and in, in implementing that with, um, you know, breaking the information down first before you send it somewhere, um, which is kind of like we said, is where Siri and, and Google now and, and things like that have kind of come up a little short in the past and, and not really known, um, you know, without using a very, very straightforward command, what to, what to actually do with it. So, um, and we also said before the show, you know, it, it just seems, I don't see this being a feasible thing of just being, hey, this is Viv. Everybody's going to use Viv. Somebody's going to snag this up and, and implement it into their their system fully, whether it be Google or whether it be um, you know Facebook or, or somebody like that. So this is this has been just a uh, um, an acquisition, <laughs> I'd say. Right, and the other part is again, we'll 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 have the the link on our show notes. Um. If, if you if you watch closely, you'll notice that Viv uses a lot of third-party sites. Now, the, the the part that really doesn't get answered in the video is how do those third third-party sites get attached to Viv? Uh, somebody in, in in that algorithm or or somewhere in that algorithm, it, ha- it has to say use this um, website. They pay a lot of money. Right, exactly. That's where you're going. So, <laughs> does does this open up more marketing opportunities for companies to go to go with Apple? Uh, most likely, but um, yeah, it uses something called dynamic program generation. So it's essentially just like it says, it it breaks down your what you say, and then it actually creates a program in a very very short time, about ten milliseconds, I think, is what it said. Um, so it's it's almost like creates um, a small, tiny program internally to figure out what you said and then how to answer that and then pipes that down to the, the back end. So it's um, it, it's actually pretty amazing, and they're going to open up the developer side of this so anybody that wants to use it, and I'm sure there's going to be royalties, and I'm sure there's going to be companies, like you said, that's going to snag it up. Um, I can totally see... Some automobile manufacturer taking this on and then you know embedding this into their um, like a self-driving or pseudo self-driving driving vehicle where um, you know you can say oh hey um, I, take me to the baseball stadium and then all of a sudden it'll go oh well guess what you know there's there's traffic up ahead uh, why don't you do this or anything along those lines um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be certainly interesting but um, I'm interested to see what company snags it up and what they turn this to, to be 
Yeah, I think you were kind of going the right direction. What I was thinking too with it is, it she almost seems like um, like a translator more than an AI bot, where she's almost breaking things down into, into like lay terms. <laughs> you know, if, unless you're you're two astrophysicists speaking and you had a couple of people listening on the sidelines, you're kind of like, what did they just say? Or Viv's kind of the person going, okay, you know, they're talking about this, this, and that, and and then spitting that on so that someone can actually compute it use of that information. And I think, um, I, I don't know why there was anything in the article, but it almost seems like that's where she came from. It was almost like a, a translation um, software where, you know, with certain languages, there's about three different ways you could say something with, you know, English, there's there, 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 and, and all this kind of stuff. And I think that's kind of the way she functions is, is more of a high level instead of just taking information, spitting you know, something similar. Oh, she's actually hopefully physically, cognitively thinking and, and learning and doing things with it. So it's, it's, uh, to me, it almost seems like a language translation than like, and like you said, programming is a language, um, and making a programming out of it or a program out of it, uh, instead of just being a, a dumb, uh, a dumb voice to text <laughs> translation with a, a search backend. So, uh, but uh, overall, I think, like you said, it's going to be somebody that has to be able to use it. Um, the sad part is, I maybe they can maybe they can license it. I don't know. I, I don't think that's ever going to work. But I hate to see Uber get up that and and other people aren't able to really use it and 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 kind of go with it. But uh, um, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think they're using Nuance's uh, voice to text engine. Is what they yep. said. Um, so yeah, maybe they they will actually license it, or maybe they'll they'll make it. The, um, a developer kit that you can you can purchase from Apple and then embed into whatever you want to do. Maybe that is the the angle they're looking at it from a marketing perspective. But who knows? But it's certainly exciting to see where things are going, especially um, in the AI field. And and we all know how much people use Siri, and then people take Siri for granted, assuming that not to say that Siri is anything lame or or not advanced. She is extremely advanced, but that that was your stepping stone, and now. You know, you got Viv that actually can, instead of just doing a web search, if you do, if you know the the engine doesn't understand what you're saying, this actually can break down what you're saying, and then fig- actually figure out what you need, what you're what you're talking about. Um, so we'll 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 stay tuned, and hopefully we'll all have Viv on our phones. Um, Maybe Andrew. Mark, or, mark it on your calendar. Five years from now, you're gonna you're gonna be able to you know order a vaccine via you know sign language. That'll get delivered Viv. by a drone. Yep. <laughs> right through Viv and then get delivered by a drone. And we all talk about on Wi-Fi optional. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's our show for today. 28 uh, plus minutes. Thank you very much for watching this episode. And if, if you do like it, don't forget to subscribe. It's more that right down here. Um, you can also find your favorite episodes, the audio-only version, on, on your favorite uh, podcast app. Uh, if you don't see us there, rss.wifioptional.com is our feed address. Uh, the audio version is also available on iTunes uh, if you're an iTunes fan. If you do have any questions, comments, or want to say hi, uh, if you want to join a live taping, uh, you're certainly welcome. Uh, do hit us up on Twitter. We are um, at Wi-Fi Optional, or you can certainly drop us an email at info at wifioptional.com. Fire up the music here. Uh, thank you to Purple Planet for providing the music for the show. Uh, make sure to check them out at purple-planet.com. And my name is Rokshan Jaratna, and then I have Mr. Jason Watercott as well. Thank you. Have a good week.